Is your dealership tired of turning away customers with thin to no credit history? Let LendBuzz help. Our technology uses thousands of financial data points to judge credit worthiness, helping your dealership sell more cars to more buyers while saving them and your staff a lot of time. Learn how you can put the power of LendBuzz loans to work for your business today at LendBuzz.com. That's LendBuzz.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Zulovich, part of the team at Cherokee Media Group and senior editor of AutoFin Journal and Subprime Auto Finance News. For this episode of the podcast, pleased to welcome back Joseph Chaffee, who is partner at Davis and Gilbert and also runs the Credit Chronometer. We're having our Conversation again, a face-to-face scenario uh, during the non-prime auto financing conference hosted by the NAF Association. Joseph, it's great to have you back on the podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Nick, and it's great to be back and great to see you again. Indeed, likewise, likewise. Well, just from start our conversation from from an overall perspective just just what are your overall observations of, of what's happening in the in the auto finance space uh, perhaps in, in subprime in particular just just what do you think well you know it's a it's an unusual time still nick right i mean it's just it's been for several years now but i'd say you know generally in the market it just continues to be just unprecedented you know unprecedented factors and and when things are unprecedented, that unprecedented means basically they're unpredictable, right? So we still have the lingering effects of the pandemic in surprisingly positive ways because consumers still have extra savings from stimulus. Unemployment is low, but we also have high inflation, high interest rates. And don't forget, like the pause on student loan payments is set to end on June 30th, right? Mm-hmm. Three years of relief coming to an end. So. We're going to see some competition for consumer dollars here in the subprime auto space. And, you know, I see those negative factors creating stronger headwinds in the second half of the year. I think, you know, already consumers are using cash rather than taking out higher interest loans. A bit of a shock when you see those higher interest rates out there for the, <laughs> for the auto loans and they have some cash in their pockets. So that's lowering originations. And typically, you know, I think that would mean more competition and loosening standards which then creates greater risk of delinquencies and losses going forward. But here, you know, as we know recently, the, the banking crisis may prevent at least the larger banks from going down the credit scale. And also smaller lenders, they're dealing with scarce and expensive capital sources, which will limit their risk appetite. I think, you know, in all cases, this just means less credit flowing to the subprime sector. You mentioned uh, the the crisis in the in the banking sector. Uh, you and your team certainly delved into that <laughs> those incidents in in much depth on on Credit Chronometer, the the bank failures of, of Silicon Valley Bank, for example. If care to recap any of that, and and perhaps more germane to the conversation is just. What lessons perhaps can be learned in, in auto finance of, of what happened in that space that might be relevant? What do you think? Yeah, yeah sure. That, that's a great question, Nick. I mean, like, first, thanks for recognizing the work. Appreciate that. Um, you know, we studied the key attributes of SVB, what led to its collapse. And, and the whole point of that was 
you know, if we can identify the attributes that were so important to Silicon Valley banks collapse, then we can identify just overall general, you know, vulnerabilities in the banking system. You know, and it's not all directly applicable to auto finance and finan- auto finance lenders, but there are some lessons here. I think, you know, I could just recap just a, just a few for you. Like the first thing that would come to mind is the importance of risk management and compliance. You know, it shouldn't be much <laughs> of a surprise, but would you believe, Nick, that the SVB had spent about a year without a chief risk officer, right? It's surprising, right? <laughs> you know, in the meantime, they had robust initiatives for ESG and for diversity, equity, inclusion, right? So, you know, the priorities weren't necessarily in the right place. And going forward, I think, you know, the lesson learned here for everyone, you're going to see all financial institutions and private finance companies, you know, knowing that they need to prioritize compliance and risk management. And they also need to adapt their asset management and investments uh, strategy to the market. The SVB was heavily invested in long-term, low-earning investments like mortgage-backed securities. Those assets lost value when interest rates went up. And then when they needed liquidity in a hurry, they had to sell those investments, but the prices had, had been pressed because of the interest rates. But it wasn't unforeseeable that interest rates would rise like they did. The Fed was very transparent about it. The Fed told everyone what they were going to do, and they did it. So it's surprising that they got caught there. Another key learning, I think just, you know, maybe the last one I just mentioned of the of all the details. Uh, the last thing is to be aware of the destructive power of social media, right? I mean, lenders need to guard their reputation and preempt negative social media. SVB's collapse was due to a close-knit industry sending emails and texts and tweets that all turbocharged an old-fashioned bank run. It was a Twitter-charged, uh, Twitter-charged bank run, as they call it. And the chatter about SVB that weekend brought about the downfall of Signature Bank at the same time. And people said, what was wrong with Signature Bank? Well, Signature Bank was just caught in the flurry of the, the activity because of it also being a regional bank as SVB and folks thinking that it was just as risky without a diversification of its client base. So social media can be poison, it can be contagious, and I think people have to be aware of that. <laughs> Very well said that, that social media can be, can as much as enjoyment, it can be procured, it can be poisonous sure. as well. Again, our guest uh, for this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Joseph Chaffee, a partner with Davis and Gilberts and orchestrator of the Credit Chronometer. And we're having our conversation in person for a change during the non-prime auto financing conference hosted by the NAF Association in Plano, Texas. And, and Joseph, full, full acknowledgement that not an economist, but, but certainly it's been part of the <laughs> chatter here in Texas and certainly for, for some time on that dreaded social media and, and elsewhere. But what's the sense of you've gotten either conversation with clients or, or what have you about the potential for a recession or maybe we're already in one in their opinion what, what's reading those tea leaves gauging the the, the winds uh what do you think yeah you know i think um i hear the diverse views just like you probably have to I, I guess i just point to what i actually see happening you know in, in my law firm in new york with you know national clients uh and global impact but you know we've been seeing more caution when it comes to deal activity you know overall there's been a cooling off that's for sure it's impacted our M&A work and private equity. And at the same time, we've seen an uptick in bankruptcy work. You know, it's mm-hmm. undeniable that we're seeing more bankruptcy, insolvency, and restructuring work. So those trends really 
speak for themselves as to where the economy is, I think. And, you know, cost of capital, inflation, and the uncertainty are all factors all leading to those trends. I haven't heard a lot of optimism at all, Nick. Actually, you know, maybe cautious optimism is the best, I would say, that there, there won't be a recession. And, and as you mentioned, those, those student loans go, go back into effect here this, later this summer as well. So definitely a lot of potential turbulence, <laughs> to say the least. Sure. Closing moments here with Joseph Chaffee, partner at Davis and & Gilbert and orchestrator of the, the credit chronometer. And, and Joseph, just to, to, to round out our conversation, it's amazing we're halfway through the year pretty much already. Just what's on your radar to, to keep close tabs on and, and watch as, as we roll along here in 2023? Well, you know, I think I'll start with the banking turmoil again, because, uh, you know, the question I have, you know, and others I think also have is that, you know, is whether First Republic was the beginning of the end of the crisis or just the end of the beginning stage of more long-lasting turmoil, right? And that leads me to think uh, something else that might be going on as the next crisis would be commercial real estate, you know, in particular the office sector. A substantial number of CMBS loans will need to be refinanced soon. Uh, overall, more than 50% of outstanding commercial mortgages are need to be refinanced in the next two years. Some figures I, I just pulled out, like in the office segment, $190 billion of the $750 billion in outstanding office loans are maturing in 2023, and $117 billion in 2024. So these are all happening now. They're maturing at a time of higher interest rates and lower valuations because of the pandemic trends. And this is just going to mean more defaults. And that means more problems for banks in this sector, especially the banks that have doubled down on the real estate sector. So that's going to be key to, to look for. I think, you know, on the legal side, we're looking to see what happens with the Supreme Court, what it decides in the CFSA uh, case regarding the CFPB's authority. You know, depending on the outcome, we may see the CFPB relying more on its relationships with state AGs to enforce consumer protection laws. Um, we're also watching what's going to happen in the CFPB action against credit acceptance, uh, oh, yeah. right? We've talked about that in the past, I believe. You know, it's the agency's attempt to bring the ability to repay standard to subprime auto, and credit acceptance is pushing back hard this time. Uh, and if CSA, CAC prevails on its motion to dismiss, it may put the nail in the coffin of the ability to repay concept altogether. So. Who knows what's going to happen, but there's a possibility of new regulation in the area. If so, though, regulators would need to engage in a long notice rulemaking process. If they're going to set a specific rule here, and that would be open to public comment, feedback, and probably take years to promulgate. So that's not a great course for them. Um, so I say, like, depending on what happens, they may just continue to regulate by litigation or the threat <laughs> of, of litigation. For many years, that's been working. We'll see if they're able to continue that. So we'll watch that closely, Nick. Never a dull moment. <laughs> That's Davis and Gilbert partner and the orchestrator of Credit Chronometer, Joseph Chaffee. Jo- Joseph, it's always great to, to reconnect with you. Thank you again for making time for the podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate the time. Man. Good to see you. And if you've missed any of our past episodes, just go to our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes, or just subscribe through whichever platform you get your podcasts. For fellow hosts, Bill Zedites and Joe Overby, as well as our fantastic executive producer, Matt Rice, 
I'm Nick Solovich. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Is your dealership tired of turning away customers with thin to no credit history? Let LinBuzz help. Our technology uses thousands of financial data points to judge credit worthiness, helping your dealership sell more cars to more buyers while saving them and your staff a lot of time. Learn how you can put the power of LinBuzz loans to work for your business today at LinBuzz.com. That's LinBuzz.com.